so here's what we need to do. Last week, we started a series that's going to go on for another week or 10. We have no idea yet. That's why I didn't give you a time, because um, I don't really know. But we're going to start talking about community and, and why community matters and what community is. Last week, we talked about why community. So what I'd like to do before we move forward with that is ask who has a, either a story or something. Let me put it a few different ways. Who will share with us either a way that you saw last week's message connect with your life throughout the week or something from last week that you want to hold on to and carry forward? There's, we can just kind of come every Sunday and, and move forward and forward and forward, but there's something about looking at where we've been going and going back to that and bringing that with us that I think is important. So let's take a minute and look back to last Sunday. Who would like to share with us what either during the, the message, the ministry time, or throughout the week, how did you see it land in your life? Yeah, Mike Fry Jr. Nice and loud. He was here. <laughs> we were very glad to have him. <laughs> right. There's the kicker, right? Oh, thank you, Mike. That's awesome. Uh, someone else? Who's lost? Do you guys know what we're talking about? I, I shared a Vietnamese proverb. They call it a Vietnamese proverb slash joke. They say that in, in hell, everybody has a pair of chopsticks that are one yard long. And in heaven, they also have a pair of chopsticks that are one yard long. In hell, they can't reach their mouths, but in heaven, the people feed one another. And so we're just talking about community and, and about giving of ourselves and about being about the other. That was what we were talking about. So. Hey, the youths are back. Hi. Um, cool, I love this. Maybe one more? This is also, this is serving a few different functions. This is helping us kind of remember where we were last Sunday, but this is also bringing everybody that wasn't able to be here kind of on board with us so we move forward together. Awesome. Look at that. You can't get away from us. We're, <laughs> we're going to track you down. That's actually kind of where we're going in a little bit, but yeah. I, this is not going to be long, partly because, yeah, if you can keep it simple and short, then why not, right? But um, I needed to share something super, super important for us as a family. Speaking of community, we don't have time to share all the different connections and all the different details, unless you want to. No. All right, well, let me just update you on my wife's kidney situation quickly, since we're part of your community, right? So if you remember, the, the nephrologist, the kidney specialist, was telling us before we left for China that she's going to have to have a kidney transplant. Her kidney function was under 20%, it was of 15, 16%, and her what's called creatinine levels, which if those levels get to 5.0 or higher, you need to be on dialysis. She was at a 3.5, even 3.6, I believe, at one point. The kidney specialist said, there's nothing we could do for you, it's not going to turn around, we need to get the ball rolling to get you set up for a transplant. So we went to China, and through a random, crazy set of connections that we'll share in more detail at some point, um, found a Chinese doctor, and so this is the result. I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Between the Chinese medicine, your prayers, and my wife's new diet, we went and had our results about, what, last Wednesday or something? Got our latest results. Her creatinine levels went down from 3.5 to 2.2. 
and one is healthy. So she's only 1.2 away from being back in the healthy range, and they went up to 25% function, which is out of the transplant zone. We were in tears. <laughs> so that's our community news, is that, yeah, look at that smile. Like there's, that's, the doctor did not know what to do with that. He was like, well, I mean, maybe pregnancy might, and, and we're just sitting there like, come on, dude, but inside, but we don't want to make him feel embarrassed, so we're just like downplaying it, like, oh, cool, numbers, you know, and we can have, we're like, <laughs> but we don't want to make the guy feel bad, but yeah, just huge for us, so please continue to pray for Sarah's kidneys, but that's, we've seen community come together. I, just quickly, a guy from the Czech Republic connected us with a friend of us whose wife is Czech, who's living in another city in China, who studied Chinese medicine in Xi'an and all, blah, blah, all this stuff just for us to find this doctor for Sarah to start getting her healing. So just very, very cool stuff. So um, Betty appreciates that. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Betty has a particular acuity for and affinity to connections. She just sees the world in that way, and I'm glad that she gets to share that with us. So, yeah. Um, well, hey, I want to read something to you all, all right? I want to, I want to read something and, and then unpack it a little bit. This is my little, I don't know how you pronounce these, moleskin, moleskin, moleskin journal. I want to read something out of this to you all. And then, yeah, I think this will be fun. So this was some processing I was doing. And I said, is it weird that I'm reading you my diary? <laughs> hey, by the way, really speaking of kind of a psychological thing, what is the psychological dynamic of the first two rows being empty? Spare like two people. Let somebody, do we have any psych majors in here? We, can, Somebody want to do like a thesis on that and tell me what's, what that means? Um, but anyways, I'm going to read out of my diary to you. This says, I said, who am I? What is my vision? What is my mission? What are my values? I'm a cultivator of community and relationship, a community architect. I want to create a place where people can get in touch with who God is and who they are and help them live it out. I want to bring people together to have a safe space to dialogue about faith and life. I want to bring spiritual parents and grandparents together as well and find ways we can bless and serve each other across generational lines. I want to create a place where we operate out of a place of rest, where we value rhythm and sustainability, where we experience our unchangeable identity in God's life, and where mission flows out of that awareness. I see a place where people can come together and see their hearts and minds healed from broken views of self, the world, and God. Now, does that sound like any place you guys know? Sound familiar to anyone? Now, you know what's crazy? Two things. You know when I wrote this? I wrote this in April 2013. 
April of 2013, the month before we walked through this door for the first time. When I went back, I went out to uh, Spooner's Cove for, to do like a six-hour silent retreat just to connect with the triune God, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, journal, but don't just write, read first. And as I read this, my heart was just leaping inside me like, is this real? But here's the other thing I want to say about this. I want to read it to you one more time, but I want us to change the perspective from which I'm reading. So let me say this first. I've been referring to myself as community architect. I like that. There's just something about that term that I like. But I'm wondering if I need to change that to junior architect. Because really, this is the thing that struck me as I read this this morning, as I was praying about sharing it with you all. Actually, I think on a deeper level, this was God sharing God's heart with me about what God sees and envisions and wants to create. God is the community architect. I'm just the junior architect, the junior ranger. So can I read it again to you? We guys just, just think about this. And think about it as God speaking this over us and, and a portion of who we're called to be. Did, as I read it the first time, did it resonate with any of you? Was there something in there that just grabbed you? I hope so. So think about this as God speaking God's role in our lives over us. I am a cultivator of community and relationship, a community architect. I want to create a place where people can get in touch with who God is, who I am, God would say, and who they are and help them live it out. I want to bring my people together to have a safe place to dialogue about faith and life. I want to bring spiritual parents and grandparents together as well to help them find ways they can bless and serve each other across generational lines. I want to create a place where my people, my kids, operate out of a place of rest, where they value rhythm and sustainability, where they experience their unchangeable identity and inclusion in my life and where their mission flows out of that awareness. I see a place where my people come together and see their hearts and minds healed from broken views of themselves, of the world, and of me. That's a little snippet of what I feel is on God's heart for us as a community as we move forward and as we unpack what this means. Think about it this way for a minute. I want to hear from you all. Man, my brain is going about 12 different directions. Let me try to rein myself in. So think about... I like to, I pick on the valley because I grew up there. So fellow valley friends, don't take it personally. But imagine how you feel on a hot valley summer day, nice and dry, when it's about 110 degrees outside. And your air conditioner is broken. So you're forced outside. How are you feeling? What are you feeling inside? Grouchy, what's that? Oppressed, yeah. Yeah. Any other words for it? 
stifled, yeah. irritable. When we went back to Madeira for the first time after a couple of years, I was like, man, no one, I was like probably really mean when I lived here. <laughs> it's really hard to be nice in 105 degree weather. Character building, the furnace, right? Irritable, yeah. But you guys, you know that feeling, right? You just, you want to run away, don't you? You want to run away. Now, what about when you're here in Morro Bay, when it's about 68 degrees with a slight gentle breeze and the sun is out with a light cloud cover? How many of you want to run away? How do you feel? What does your heart feel in that moment? What words would you use? Who would say irritable? <laughs> Grouchy. Oppressed. No. What words would you guys put to it? Grateful. Grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Peaceful? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sun is out just enough. <laughs> How does it make you feel, Joanna? Yeah. Yeah. There's something, your heart just is drawn to that, right? You're like, let's bottle this up. Yeah? You know there's a Chinese guy that actually, he lives in France, little side note. Chinese guy lives in France, sells bottles of fresh French air to people in China for $600 a bottle. <laughs> there's a sermon in there somewhere. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> but you feel the difference, right, in those environments. Now, one of the things that I want us to be thinking about is there's a, there's a profound sense in which communities carry a certain environmental dynamic and element to them. What kind of feel do we want to have as a community? Do we want to be the kind of community that people are around us and they feel grouchy, oppressed, irritable? Of course we don't. We want to be the kind of community that people come in and they're like, man, this is invigorating. This is life-giving. This just lights me up. I don't ever want to leave this. I want to bottle it up and give it to everybody. I know I want to ship this to the valley. But that doesn't just come naturally, does it? That doesn't just naturally happen. That takes intentionality. I mean, think about this. So community is so much more than just people living together. I haven't been to prison. I have dear, dear people in my life that have. In prison, people are together. Is prison community. Do they experience community in prison? Some people do. But I would say that a lot do not. So it's not just about people coming together. What are the ingredients? And this is my real question for you all. This is where we need to go over the next few weeks. What are the ingredients that make community safe? 
that make community refreshing, that make community feel alive, make people feel welcome, what are some of those ingredients? We're going to get to a passage of Scripture in a few moments, but I, I would love to hear a few thoughts from some of you guys. What are the things that, what are the words you would put that makes that happen? Sarah? That's beautiful. And when you find that, it's like when Larry talked about they didn't want to leave the reservation because they were so, when you find that, when you don't have it, you miss it, don't you? It's like this huge piece of you is gone. Yeah. Beautiful. Well worded. Thank you. Yeah. A couple others. What are some of those ingredients? So trust breeds safety. Yeah, Tim. Acceptance. Now, the kind of acceptance, it's like, oh, you on pizza port and I like pizza? Cool. I'm going to be a friend. What? <laughs> Unpack acceptance for us. What kind of acceptance would you say? By the way, you guys are giving me, you guys are helping me frame where we're going as a community in terms of what we talk about, by the way. I'm not trying to like be lazy and not go prepare messages. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is this is about us figuring out who we are together. So this is really, really important that we engage this process together. A couple more. So, so trust, acceptance. Yeah, Alec. Vulnerability. How many of you guys cringe at the thought of that word? Vulnerability, yeah. Yeah, crucial, crucial ingredient. Were you agreeing with that or were you going to say something? Mm. Man, oh, we could launch into so many things with all these, can't we? But we're, remember, we're trying to kind of get a bird's eye view. We're trying to paint a picture of who we want to be, who we're called to be, so that we can be intentional about that moving forward. Yeah, so honestly, thank you. Read. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You learn that as a parent, don't you? <laughs> or as a spouse. Yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, and that's one of the directions we're going as we read the passage of Scripture in a moment. But sacrifice. That we are here for others, not for ourselves. That's a, yeah, thank you for bringing that in. And, and, so, and to give some context, it's, it's good to hear your point of view because you're right there in that to a certain extent. Um, the reason I brought that up is because my little brother, speaking of honesty, my little brother is in federal prison right now. Not many people know that, but, and I'll, I'll have to tell that story another time, but... Two weeks after we got home from China, he got arrested. And he's in federal prison for another, what, 15, 16 months, Pops? Something like that. If you guys haven't met my dad, that's my dad back there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, was, I talked to my little brother twice yesterday. From his vantage point, not experiencing community. 
words like irritable, <laughs> oppressed. These are all the words that come through when you talk to him. He's gotten to the point where when I talk to him, he's like, what are you up to? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. Really? Because his heart doesn't want to know. Because it would just be too, it would almost be unloving for me to tell him what I experience here with you guys. Because it's not going to be able to be a reality for him for who knows how long. So that's all that to say. That's why I brought it in prison. That's a good segue. So let's, let's bring some of this together real quick, though. So those of you guys that are uh, visiting, welcome again. But you kind of stepped into a bigger conversation. So sorry I don't have like a three-point message for you. Um, I don't know if I've ever had a three-point message. But hopefully you've experienced some of the things we're talking about because this is who we want to be. And in any way that we don't represent what we're talking about, please let us know. But... Um, some of these things, these are huge, so we feel valued. We are focused on Jesus. There's hope. There's trust. Um, we chase each other down, <laughs> even unintentionally. Um, we're, we're here for a purpose. There's this openness, this vulnerability. These things are all crucial, crucial things that we'll need to unpack. What does this really mean? Because we want to be the type of people where people come and they're like, man, I don't want to leave this. There's something I tasted here that I want to bottle up and send to everybody I know. I won't charge them $600 for it. I don't, I'll find a good price. But, but I want to bottle this up. I want to give this to everyone. So we're going to end with, open up to, and we're going to put it up here as well, but um, actually I'll just read it. You can open up to Ephesians 4 if you want, but it'll be up here on the screen. Right? So this is Ephesians 4, the message translation, which have you ever noticed that when people are teaching, that's the only translation they like disclaimer what translation they're talking out of. Everyone else, all the other ones are just the Bible. The message is the message. I'm going to read from the Bible. And look at this for a minute, and then we're going to do a little kaleidoscope shift on it, and we're going to end with that. In light of all this, Paul says, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, speaking of prison, while I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk, better yet, run, on the road God called you to travel. Now stop there for a moment. I know you're probably reading ahead in your mind. But I want you to think, just do a quick little thought experiment. Who do you picture Paul writing to? How many of you, is anybody else like me, when you would read this to yourself in the past, you would picture Paul kind of sitting there one-to-one, -one, almost coaching you, kind of exhorting you, hey, Chris, Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Like he's given you this little exhortation. Anybody else kind of picture it related to you as an individual? Be honest with me, yeah? Now this is one of the beautiful things about community. Bree, will you go to the next version? My, my translation or my paraphrase of the message? Look at that, we kind of did a double layer message. Think about it this way and tell me how it changes the feeling and the meaning. Paul says, in light of all this, here's what I want y'all. Too bad Cameron's not here. Here's what I want you all to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you all to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. How much does this change the picture? How many of you before pictured one person running down a path by themselves? Maybe. 
Some of you didn't, but some of you probably did. But do you see how different this is? This is all of us. Paul is saying, I want y'all, you all, you guys, to run together on the road God called you all to travel. I don't want any of you, see, this has been plural the whole time, any of you sitting around on your hands. Nobody's sitting on their hands. Right? Right. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you all do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but, and there's one more slide, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing the differences, and quick at mending fences. This is a beautiful portrayal of God's heart expressed through Paul for community, a group of people running together towards the goal of knowing Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit and being known by Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And when someone else gets slowed up, we don't just keep on running. Or when someone else starts to stray, we don't just say, well, forget you. But we run together as a pack. That's the picture Paul is painting. And listen to why. We go to the next one. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. Absorb these words over us as a community this morning. This is the message. Literally and figuratively. So stay together both outwardly in your activities and inwardly in your heart posture. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Do you guys see this beautiful picture that Paul is painting of who we are called to be? Well, that's what we get to unpack over the next few I have no ideas. Are you guys with me? Are you guys excited, as excited as I am to start fleshing this out, to put legs to this, to say, nuts and bolts, what does this mean in my actions, in my attitudes? How do we continue to do this and be this? This is what we are. This is who we are. But we can always lean in even deeper, can't we? That is our intention. You didn't know this, but your word was not just a word for me. It was a word for everybody. That was the way we ended last week, was with an encouragement to lean in to community, even when it requires sacrifice or even when it's hard to be vulnerable or to be honest. So that's where we're going to continue to go is we're going to continue to lean in. So I'm going to pray for us. We'll have an opportunity for people to get prayer and and to share if you feel like God's speaking something to a certain individual in here or to us. Um, Think of this message as a dot, 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 ellipses, to be continued, okay? Um, 